HR Bytes, the podcast and video series to bring you stories of HR professionals who bring a think globally and act locally in digital HR agenda to their work, everyday people who are driving digital transformations in their organizations, data-driven and future-fit digital HR leaders. This is your host, Jay Pulaki, and today's guest is Wendy Daly. Wendy is a talent management professional in the healthcare industry with over 20 years of experience in the HR uh, arena. And Wendy co-hosts the HR Social Hour podcast and is an all-in-all HR wonder woman. So welcome to today's show, Wendy. I'm so happy to have you on the show today. Oh, well, thanks for having me, Jay. I'm excited for your new series. I think I love seeing new people come out into podcasting and video. And, you know, that's something John and I are starting to put our toes in the water with video. So I love getting the opportunity to share this way. Um, I think that's the one great thing with social media is there's so many great ways to share content now. Absolutely. Could you tell our listeners a little more about your current role, what you do, and what's really rocking your boat right now in HR? <laughs> um, so I work um, for a large healthcare organization and we, um, I, I focus specifically in, in talent acquisition, um, which is awesome. And I am fortunate enough to be able to focus on strategy and how do we get out in front of people? How do we expand our reach? What are some new and innovative ways to find people? Um, because for, I mean, y'all know I'm in South Dakota and we are, we're, we're sparsely populated. Um, our uh, unemployment rate is going down. So trying to find new and creative ways to attract people to our organization, um, new ways to expand our reach and just, you know, look, looking at it more, more than just locally. So um, I, I'm excited to be able to um, help my own organization do that more um, and spread the love. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Spreading the love. That's key. <laughs> yes. You know, you've, you've uh, been at the front and center in your organization during this pandemic um, in the HR function, um, hiring folks, interviewing folks, you know, probably doing a lot of video interviewing. So how has the pandemic, uh, do you think, fast forwarded tech adoption in your HR function? You know, we really did have to get a lot of people on board with video quickly. Um, you know, we can't just have everyone coming in the door. We can't have everyone um, doing in-person interviews. So we had to get a lot of folks comfortable quickly with video interviewing. Um, we also had to get a lot of people comfortable quickly with remote work. Um, you know, that was, that was a big thing. And it has been very interesting to watch, um, watch the adoption idea behind it evolve from, oh, I think we can do it. Maybe we can do it. We'll, we'll let you work from home. Oh, we're going to bring you back part-time. Oh, we're going to send you home part-time. Some of that back and forth. And now there's more of a, where else can we do this? Um, where, where else can we protect people, protect our employees? Um, because even, you know, when, when everyone, when we have the vaccination out and when we're able to go back into work, we're having those conversations of, does it make sense to have everyone back in an office together? So there's, there's been a huge, fast adoption to that. Um, 
but there's also been some adjustments with, we still need people to come into different locations. I mean, we're healthcare. Not all healthcare can be done remotely. Absolutely. So how, how can we protect the people that are still have to be in an office or have to be in a direct patient care setting um, or, you know, coming in before or after to prepare rooms, prepare um, facilities for people and making sure everyone stays safe. So putting it, adopting quickly, how do we check to be sure people are healthy to come into the work environment? And isn't that a nice thing that we're checking to be sure people are healthy and we're not saying, oh yeah, I feel well enough. I guess I can go to work today. Um, There's that more encouragement of you don't feel well, stay home you know, or how do we protect you? How, how can we find work for you to do so that you're not burning through PTO or burning through sick time if you don't need to and you feel like you want to work without exposing other people? I have to say, this is the longest I've gone without a cold or any illness. Yeah. And I would think there's a lot of folks in, who work from home who are probably saying the same thing because we're not going into those incubators. You know, where <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Together. Think about it, right? Um, yeah. I, I resonate that thought and feeling too. I haven't had a cold in the past year either. Knock on yeah, wood, I do not want a cold, but I, you know, I don't want one either. But you know, even with my children going uh-huh. to in-person school, yeah, we're still not seeing all of those illnesses coming back. And so, hey, you know, I'm all for hey, if you're sick, let's wear masks during flu season, dudes. <laughs> they work. Let's protect people. They work. Yeah, they work. You know, I was reading something about uh, an African student in China. This book was written in 1962, and they wrote about masks in China in the 1960s because they have these dust storms, and so there's a certain season that they all wear masks there irrespective of whether they're sick or not. And so, uh, you know, this was at the beginning of the pandemic and I'm reading that I'm going, really? (laughs) Masks were in China even before the 19th, you know, before now, like in the 1960s. That's uh, that's, Oh, and I'm honestly, we should have been wearing, I, all these, you know, all the fires that have been going on. Why weren't we wearing masks more during that? And, you know, I get, it's not 100%, but it's still better than breathing it all of it in. I mean, how many illnesses and uh, long-term effects do we not know about because masks aren't cool or aren't necessary or those silly people in China wearing masks all the time. (laughs) Exactly. Well, you know, you are a great networker. I met you online through, of course, you know, Twitter and LinkedIn. Um, How do you think your social capital within your organization or outside of it has worked in order for you to help with HR innovation, you know, scaling, uh, incubating ideas? How has that helped you in your career and even now during this upheaval in our work life? You know, social capital is, you know, we talk about it a lot. And for so long, it was something for other people. It was for the, you know, higher ups and the directors and above. And it's so important, especially in HR, because we have to be that connector for everybody. Um, and, and making sure we're having those connections. Um, you know, fortunately, a lot of the folks that I had to work, I've had to work with since working from home, I was working with remotely anyway because they're in North Dakota and they're in Minnesota. So we were already connecting with them via Skype, um, via email, scheduling meetings, um, different things to kind of talk through things. So we're, we were kind of used to it. Um, but I, 
think being able to to jump into some of that and and talk with people, talk through issues, and especially now as we're talking through some of this strategy stuff and how do we take it to the next level, we're going to be able to um, recommend off the wall things. You know, we're going to be able to talk to them now about some of these. Here's some crazy ideas. What if we did? You know, we're talking about um, creating a. a um, creating a group of folks for our own social media, you know, getting our employees to talk about our company online and being comfortable with that. I mean, that's something companies aren't still aren't really comfortable with, you know, ooh, what are they going to share? What are they going to talk about? But let's let them be our ambassadors because they like working for us, hopefully, <laughs> and let them talk about it. So there are being able to share that, to, to talk about it, to come up with these off the wall ideas. Um, by connecting with people and making those face-to-face -face connections, even if you're not in the same room. I get it. Zoom is tiring. You don't want to do Zoom or Skype or those video conferences all day long, but take some effort to do it or, you know, make those, make the ask, Hey, can we do, let's, let's do, let's do no video today. Let's just talk like we're on the phone or having the, being able to go back and forth and offering people where their comfort level is, I think goes a long way as well. Um, I know a lot of my HR, um, coffee talks with folks like you and I, or other folks, um, it's always every once in a while, let's just talk on the phone. Let's <laughs> pretend it's 1985 and we're going to talk on the phone. Um, but having that comfort, having the um, the uh, the comfort level to say to somebody, ask for what you want, and letting also making it comfortable for them to ask what they want to have those conversations, um, to be able to have that give and take. So there's there's something to be said for you know just again picking up the phone, um, sending a quick IM, using the tools at your disposal to make those connections. Absolutely. And, you know, you can even chat uh, on the phone yeah. if you have their phone number or even through LinkedIn, you can just chat and, you know, yeah. and LinkedIn has new features too, where you can record messages, you can send GIFs, oh, yeah, then, yeah. you know, yeah. you can do so many cool things through LinkedIn as well. So I, I'm oh, really yeah. enjoying it. I, I do this too. I don't like too much of video. And, and so I try um, to engage via text or phone and yeah. it's been working pretty well so far <laughs> it's it is nice to use using those different options and you know as we we have skype and sometimes it's like oh man i wish i could do more gifts on skype i wish we had more emojis to use just to you know liven it up and lighten it up a little bit you know so often especially in the workplace we get so bogged down in professionalism and um being you know you, you can't don't use too many exclamation points or you know you can't put a smiley in an email <laughs> well you also can't type in sarcasm so sometimes <laughs> Sometimes you need to help people see, oh, you know, I'm, I'm being a little sarcastic here and be a little facetious. So, um, you know, let's have, bring our personalities to work. I, I kind of agree with Vadim Lieberman that, you know, we don't need to have, um, we don't need to bring our whole authentic self to work because nobody wants that. But let's let a little personality into it. We don't all have to have this same exact personality that, that we're working with. And I think, I think that helps with those relationships too, because if people know that you're going to be real with them and you're going to be yourself, that's going to let down their guard a little bit too. 
Absolutely. And it takes off that emotional labor you have to engage in to be that, yes. you know, <laughs> that facetious <laughs> self of yours, always smiling, always nice, because that's not possible today. We can't be smiling all the time. <laughs> we no, don't work and, at Disney. And I don't think even Disney folks are mandating that anymore. I <laughs> know. You know those Disney folks, when they go behind the closed doors, when they go to the employee only, they are telling the customer stories. You know they are. <laughs> yeah, and they're not always smiling. But that's okay because we're not always going to have a good day. And I think by allowing people to not have a good day, you also allow them to be able to say, hey, Jay, I'm, I'm really not having a good day today. I'm not really feeling it today. Can, can we reschedule this meeting? Can, can we, you know, I need a, a mental break. I'm going to keep working, but I just, I can't meet with anyone else today. I think we need to give ourselves permission to do that too. So because this is exhausting. It is. It, it is. And it's, it, it was exhausting when we were in the office too, but we just didn't admit it. <laughs> we talked about all those meetings, but you never really, we never asked for permission to say, you know what, can, can we, can we reschedule? We did on occasion, but we never gave ourselves that mental permit permission to say, I'm taking a break today. I'm, I'm just going to sit here and like, you know, the other day, I'm just going to work on some of my presentations I need to do. I just, I don't want to talk to people today. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for talking to me today because, uh, you yes. know, <laughs> it's Wednesday. <laughs> it is. We're almost there. <laughs> We're almost there. So, um, you know, um, HR professionals are learning new things and they've learned a lot of stuff in the past 10 months. What advice would you have for an HR professional who's trying to adopt new technology in their function? Take your time. Um, you know, honestly, take your time and, and figure out what you need. So often we go for shiny oh look this is new shiny too oh we need to we need to bring in ai we need to do ai why <clears throat> what are you looking to do what are you looking to get out of it um and how does it improve life for the people that are actually doing the work um there's so many times and, and every recruiter every recruiter has their own excel spreadsheet where they actually track people and then they do it again in the ats because they don't like how the ats is set up but very rarely do we talk to the actual recruiters when we're doing the setup. Um, I do feel comfortable saying that because I've been involved in many of them where it's yes. just like, this doesn't work for a recruiter. Um, and right now I'm very fortunate to be um, moving, working on a project where I'm working with the recruiters and saying, how do we make this work for you? Um, and I had a couple that said, oh, well, I'll just track that over here. Like, no, 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 no. I don't want you having second tracking sheet. How do we make it work for you here? And they were like, no, I got no, 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 no. We want it all here. We want it all together. Um, so what do I need to do? Who do I need to talk to? How do I make this work for you? Um, so really, if you're looking to implement something new, what is it going to do for you? Why do you need it? And how is it going to make life better for the people mm -hmm. that actually have to use it? Not just who's doing the report out or any of that. The people that have to use it day to day, how is it going to make their life better? Um, and how is it going to, you know, all of them, not just, you know, we're, I'm speaking about TA here, but, you know, not just the recruiters, not just the, the candidates, but everyone, how does it make everyone's life better? And if you can't answer that, you shouldn't implement it yet. Perfect. Thank you for that absolute <laughs> nugget. <laughs> 
Um, and so you've you've been working remote for the past 10 months and you know a lot of your colleagues in the HR function are. What do you think uh, we as HR professionals can do to prepare our function for this future where most of us, not just in the HR function, are going to be working remote? I mean, at least this year, I don't see most of us going back to work either. So how do you think we should prepare <laughs> for this increase in hybrid work, if you want to call it that? You know, I, I think it's, there's some forgiveness, um, some grace to people involved with it as, as we do that. Um, and allowing people to work where they feel comfortable, you know, not shaming people for wanting to be at home, not shaming people for wanting to be in the office, because we all have our comfort level with, with how we're working. And so I think figuring that out, um, you know, I, I love that we're now kind of, um, we love joking about the technology. Oh, hey, oh, delay. Sorry about that. Trying to get this to work. Oh, it's not coming up. But there's so much more um, forgiveness in things not working properly. And um, so I think, I, I think that there's a, um, uh, trying to think, think of the words, but I, I, you know, I think that we need to continue that grace. We need to allow that to move on continuously. It should never stop. Um, because there's always going to be technology issues and technology is not going away. So the more that we can allow folks that grace to have the day where, you know what, I got to reschedule everything because internet went down. I've got to have somebody coming in to make sure that it's working. I got to, you know, have, I, I think that happened to like three people last week that I work with. They rescheduled stuff because, up, oh, you know, internet went down power went out. Um, so giving people that grace to have a, have a technology flub and, or have a technology blow up, whatever, um, and working in a way that's comfortable for them. So I think we just need to be okay with, no, we're not going to be 100% professional all the time, but I think that our definition of professional also needs to change a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. Great insight. And, you know, and that resonates with my work a lot, too. So thank you for that. <laughs> so this brings us to our rapid fire question connection round. Ready? Sure. <laughs> okay. Who is one person you've gained in your network in the past year that you think everyone in the HR tech world should know about? Uh, this is hard because I feel like there's been a lot of folks coming in and into the network in the last year. Um, but I think I'm gonna say uh, Tina Marie Woolfield. Um, she is in Michigan and she's doing some great work um, on the consulting side and helping people. And just some of the stuff that she's been sharing and helping people to connect more um, has been phenomenal. So I would say Tina Marie. What's your favorite HR podcast? My favorite is HR Social Hour. So <laughs> what's yours? <laughs> uh, do I have, I surely should say HR Social Hour. Um, is this where I admit I don't always listen the week it comes out? <laughs> um, aside from HR Social Hour, um, I the one that I typically will go to is uh, Joey Price, Business Life and Coffee. Um, he's been doing it for years, and um, I love how he intertwines all of them. He has a guest. Sometimes he's just giving advice, um, and he's done some different LinkedIn Live stuff. So I just 
um, yeah, I can't recommend Joey, Joey Price enough. I, and he has a very catchy theme song. So when you listen to it, I listen to his podcast and then I'm singing it the rest of the day. <laughs> I know. I like that music too. What's your favorite LinkedIn uh, learning uh, series or webinar e-learning series related to HR tech that you've listened to or heard of that you'd recommend our listeners listen to? Oh, that is that is a tough one because trying to think of you know learning to tech specific. Uh, so much of what I've done lately has been um, very focused on um, uh, specific brands, and so I don't want to give a brand out. Um, <laughs> as we're as we're looking at different vendors and that sort of thing, um, LinkedIn Live has. Um, has a, some great DEI stuff out there. Um, uh, I think, uh, I don't know if it's still out there or not, but Derek Gay, um, G-A-Y, has some really great um, webinars and series on, um, on, on DEI. And um, I know that's not specific to HR tech, but DEI is across the board. I think we can all do more of it and, you know, keep learning in that area. And it's just going to spill into everything. <laughs> awesome. So given the upheaval in all things work in 2020, what's one workplace trend you think is here to stay? Other than the Zoom uh, I, shirt. <laughs> uh, other, yeah, other than the, the Zoom shirt. Um, you know, honestly, work from home. I think that there is that trend of of that flexible, that true flexible workplace where we're going to allow you to work where you need to work, when you need to work it. Um, you, you are a professional and we're going to, we're going to sit with your judgment on what's, where's the best location for you to work today and allow you to make that decision. Um, I know that's not going to be for everybody. Obviously not everyone can work from home. That is, you know, that's just the way it is. But if, you know, a nurse isn't going to be happy doing what I do, and I'm not going to be happy doing what a, an, an inpatient nurse does. So having that flexibility and understanding that work needs to, work can take place where it needs to take place, and that may or may not be in an office building. How do you enjoy giving back to the HR community? Well, obviously the webcasts, the, the webcasts, the podcasts is probably my favorite way of giving back to the HR community, um, sharing other people voice, others people's voices um, and, and sharing what I've learned from folks. I think that's key. Um, the more we share, the better off we all are. This is, it, it's not a zero sum game. Um, we can all be a part of, um, of the community and we can all share everyone's voice can give something back. Um, and so helping people to find where they want to share their voice, I think is, is uh, one way I do also like to, uh, um, to give back and having these, having these conversations. Absolutely. Thank you so much for doing this for the HR community, because, you know, it does reverberate across the globe. You know, your reach is global and what you're doing is really helping a lot of folks, you know, being on the HR Social Art podcast. I know I've learned so much about my fellow HR colleagues and, you know, how they came into the HR field, what really helps them thrive. And I've learned a lot through the show. So thank you for doing this. And, and thank you yeah. so much for being on today's show. 
I am really honored that you took some time <laughs> to be on my new series. Um, and I'm looking forward to bringing more global stories to our audience. So thank you everyone for tuning in today. And I will see you next time. Thank <laughs> you.